Thanks for joining us here at AG Kolkata. We are the church for the open arms and we serve in the city of joy, Kolkata. It is our desire to reach out to those in need and to be instruments of effective change in a hurting world. If you like to learn more about us, you can simply go to www.agkolkata.org. We hope that you'll enjoy today's message. When the Holy Spirit comes in power, there is a deep conviction of wrongdoing, of sin. Joy, unbridled joy, gladness, freedom. Deep and strong love for Jesus. And power to witness. You're bold in sharing what he has done for you. So on and so forth. So today, we want to look very quickly at what the, Holy, the effect of the Holy Spirit's coming in terms of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches when the Holy Spirit comes, He comes with gifts. The gifts are part of the package. And uh, there's an account, while this, the list of gifts is in several places in the New Testament, we're going to read together one list in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning verse 1, and I'll be, pick it up again in verse 4. Let's read together. Welcome to join me. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. There are different, by the way, can you read it? It looks kind of small. Are you able to read it? Yes? Okay, good. There is very small. Verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, let me say that again. Two? How many ones are here this morning? Are you one? Yeah, to each one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, you see that dynamic, okay? It's given to you. For who? For the common good. Now, here's the thing. Watch this. Pastor Cynthia, this anointed woman of God, okay? Suppose she has a gift. And uh, she will tell you, I don't know why I picked on you, it just happened to be, okay? She will tell you that she's pathologically shy. Now suppose God gave her the gift and she says, I don't want to use it. Who suffers? Come on, I just told you the logic. Does she hurt? Probably. But who hurts more? We. Why? God has given the gift, not for her, but for us. Now put yourself in Pastor Cynthia's shoes, okay? If God has given you a gift and you don't use it, who suffers? Who lacks? Suffers, not a good word, okay? Everybody else, okay. Let's read on. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them again you see to each one just as he determines. Very quickly, when we use the word gift of the spirit or spiritual gift, what are we referring to? The original word, by the way, is the word charisma. 
This is a word that has now come into the English language. When you look at somebody, you say, wow, he's charismatic. Okay. Or she has charisma. The original connotation is taken straight from here. Charisma means spiritual gift. What is it? A special ability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer. To quickly underline, it is a gift. Everyone say with me, gift. Cannot be earned. But it is a free and gracious gift given by God to his children which comes to us by the Holy Spirit when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing, friends. There is such a thing as a natural gift, okay? Natural talent. That also is God-given. Some of us are talented in music. Some of us are talented in art. Some of us are talented in terms of uh, analytical thinking. Somebody has a great memory. These are all gifts. Gifts. But this is a miraculous, supernatural gift. All of these gifts are extraordinary. They are not genetically given, but they are given at the time when we receive the fullness of God's Spirit. Now, very quickly, uh, one more point before we quickly list the gifts. And that is, I think I used this before, uh, It's a few months before Christmas and the thing about one of the things that you see a lot during the Christmas season are Christmas trees, yes? And Christmas tree looks beautiful. Uh, rather people try to beautify the Christmas tree by putting what are they called? Ornaments. In some cases gifts. Now what effort has the tree exercised in putting, uh, in creating those ornaments? Has the Christmas tree worked hard to develop that ornament, that bell that's hanging from it? Or the beautiful gift that someone has placed near it? See, this is the difference between a gift and a fruit. Later on, somebody from this pulpit will talk about the fruit of the Spirit, which is a virtue that develops through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and to some extent that involves our effort, to some extent. Not so with gifts. Gifts are not a sign that you are some super saint. It's not a sign that you have arrived. The gifts only reflect the grace of God, the giver, who has hung that on you, so to speak. And you look at the Christmas tree and you find a beautiful gift your mom or dad or brother or sister has hung. You won't say, thank you, Christmas tree. It's so kind of you. You say, who put it there? That's the thing with the gift of the Spirit that we sometimes miss. It doesn't, shouldn't point to the tree, shouldn't point to the person who channels those gifts, but it's all about the giver. Enough about that. Let me quickly now 
list for you, a brief description of the gifts that are listed in this passage. The first is called the word of wisdom or the message of wisdom. This is supernatural wisdom given by the Holy Spirit in response to a specific need or problem. Let me repeat again. This is not the result of human ability or natural wisdom. But it's insight or revelation to the mind and will of God in a particular situation. So when you're in a situation that requires extraordinary wisdom, if you have the gift of the word of wisdom, you get from God the right answer to that crisis. And it's a gift that God gives usually to when you're in some measure of leadership, not exclusively so. One illustration, there are many in the Bible. I wish we had time to illustrate all of these, be warned. But you remember when King Solomon was sitting in judgment and two women came to him fighting over a baby? Both said, it's my baby. One person's word against the other. God gives him the wisdom. He said, okay, just cut the baby in half. How cruel. And he knew the real mother will not want that to happen. That's how. That's an illustration of the word or the message of wisdom. The second gift Paul lists here is a message or word of knowledge. A gracious gift of the Holy Spirit which brings supernatural insight into the word of God. So this is the gift that gives a person supernatural insight specifically into scripture it's it it's applied in the teaching of god's word or the application of the gospel to practical living the word of knowledge comes in answer to the question how should i understand this verse how should i understand this passage what is God saying to me in this situation? can be both. Either when you're reading the Bible and you need understanding or you're facing a situation and you don't know what is God's will. How should I live? How should I respond in this situation? Again, this is an important gift for those in some measure of leadership. You may be a care group leader. You may be a pastor. Uh, you may have some other measure of leadership in the worship band or in the choir or in some cases you just may be somebody of maturity in the congregation and when you have the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, automatically people know that you are a person to go to when they need answers. Either wisdom answers or knowledge answers. The third gift is a gift of faith. Let's read it together. A gracious gift of the Holy Spirit, which enables a person to build up faith in the body of Christ. Now, in my opinion, this is the most, one of the most common gifts in the body of Christ, expressed in various ways. The gift of faith simply is simply seen in the life of a person who every time you talk to her or him or listen to her or him, your faith is strengthened. 
as I tell you this, I'm sure may, some of you can think right away of people you know, okay? Right? And the phone rings, you pick up the phone, you hear somebody's voice, you say, oh no. Because all you're going to hear is how bad the day is, how bad the week is, and how bad everybody else is, how the world is such a terrible place, and how everybody's treating him so badly, and you have to listen. And if you're having a bad day, it's going to be worse by the end of that conversation. Other times, the phone rings, you pick it up, you hear the voice, and your face lights up. And if somebody's with you, immediately they know the person on the other end is somebody you want to hear. Why? Because they had something to say to you, a word of encouragement that is going to strengthen your faith and build you up. Or it's somebody you want to call when you're going through a crisis because you know they will have a testimony, a prayer, or a word of counsel that is going to, hear this, strengthen your faith. Now, that can happen in a conversation. That can happen in the pulpit. Most worship leaders need to have the gift of faith. The people who come up and with, a, with a gift of, of singing or music. Uh, it's not just good voices, but it's faith that comes through when they sing. And this is the difference between somebody who just has a good voice and somebody who has the gift of faith. Personal's gift of faith, yes, you may appreciate their voice, but at the end of that song, you say, wow, what a great God. What a great God. This is the test of a person who has the gift of faith. At the end of the time when they speak or conversation, you go away saying, God is good. God is faithful. Third, fourthly, the working of miracles. Let's read that together. The working of miracles is a gracious gift of the Holy Spirit, which enables a person to bring about that which is beyond the normal course of nature. Simply put, it's a special act of God. I don't need to tell you the Bible is full of miracles. Why does God do miracles? To demonstrate his power. To reflect his heart of compassion for people in need. Now let me say it again. Some people who have what I call a miracle mania. You know, we believe in a God of miracles, but who want a miracle for breakfast, lunch and dinner? If you know what I mean. God doesn't do miracles just to satisfy your appetite for the sensational. You know what I mean? He does miracles to demonstrate that he's real. That he's loving. And so the scriptures are full of all kinds of miracles, healing miracles. Pastor, what are the difference between the gift of healing and miracles? I'll tell you in a moment. Nature miracles, such as when Jesus calmed the storm, when he broke five loaves and two fish and fed a multitude. Raising the dead. By the way, God is still doing that. And then delivering 
those who are demonized. This is a gift that God does give to some people. Fifthly, the gift of prophecy. Now, when you hear the word prophecy, most of us think of someone who predicts the future. Now, the gift of prophecy, as is defined in the New Testament, is not about predicting the future. It's a gracious gift of the Holy Spirit by which, say it with me, a person shares a message from God in a language people can understand. What is the purpose of the gift of prophecy? 1 Corinthians 14.3, Paul tells us its purpose. He says, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. How many of us need encouragement? From time to time. Maybe not today, but you need encouragement. Some of you are saying, I never need encouragement. Good for you. Well, I do. The gift of prophecy comes to give us encouragement, to strengthen us, and to comfort us. And this applies both within the faith community, believers, but also for the unbelievers. Believers, we need encouragement. But Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, where he gives the most detailed instruction about two gifts, the gift of prophecy and the gift of tongues, Paul says, if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. So why does God give the gift of prophecy? So people who are within the faith community are strengthened, and unbelievers who come in will be convinced this is not just another club. God is in their midst. Just quick words of uh, words of caution here. And that is the gift of prophecy can be misused. Okay? So be uh, careful about people who go around prophesying. Bible says that you must watch, have these safeguards. What are they? The word of God. No one who speaks on behalf of God, saying God is saying, can contradict what God has already said. Get it? That's one safeguard. Secondly, the fruit of the person's life, Jesus told us, by their fruit she will know them. It's very important when somebody prophesies that you must know a little bit about what their lifestyle is. And the way to do both of those together, test God's word, lifestyle, is respect the leadership in the assembly. Care group leader, pastors in the, in the service, sometimes if they sense this prophecy is not from God, they may tactfully or sometimes bluntly Stifle it. Trust the leadership in the care group or in the assembly uh, to make sure that this gift is used in the proper way. But here is the good news. First Corinthians chapter 14, in at least three places, 
as you read the chapter, God encourages people to be eager to prophesy. You can have words of encouragement, words of comfort for people within the family that are from God. You can be roommates in a hostel and God can give you words of encouragement for one another. The care group, God can give you words to strengthen a member of the care group. Uh, let's be eager to speak God's word. That is the encouragement that comes to us in 1 Corinthians 14 verses 1, 31 and 39. Gift number six is called discerning of spirits. Let's read together. This is supernatural insight given by the Holy Spirit, which enables a person to distinguish between God's spirit, the human spirit, and an evil spirit. John, in his first epistle, chapter 4, verse 1, warns us about spirits. Every spirit is not God's spirit. And so he says, test every spirit. How do you do that? The discerning of spirits. And you'll see the discerning of spirits helps us to do that. Helps us in discerning the presence of evil. One occasion in Acts 16, Paul and Silas, I think it was, yeah, Silas, are in uh, uh, the city of Philippi. And there's a girl with the spirit of divination. They, nobody knew what the spirit was, but she kept saying things about Paul and Silas. And for a few days, they don't make out. They can't discern what the spirit is. And then suddenly Paul recognizes this is not God's spirit. And he speaks out and rebukes the evil spirit that is in her. And so the discerning of spirits helps us to recognize frauds. Let me tell you, just as there are, for, there are counterfeit currency, there are counterfeit prophets, women and men of God. And the discerning of spirits enables us to distinguish between God's spirit, the human spirit, and evil spirits. Coming then to seven and eight, and they go together. Different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. What are tongues and interpretation of tongues? These are gracious, let's read together. Gracious gifts of the Holy Spirit that enable a person to speak in a language unknown to him or her and to give the meaning of the message in tongues. What the Bible teaches very clearly that tongues are primarily for conversation between us and God. The person speaking in tongues speaks directly to God, utters spiritual truth with his spirit. That's the primary use of the gift of tongues in our personal prayer time. What is this gift of tongues? The gift of tongues is the Holy Spirit enabling us to communicate directly. The Bible says we are not just intellectual beings. We are not just physical beings. We are also spiritual beings. 
The gift of tongues is when God, by His Spirit, allows us to speak directly with our spirit, bypassing the mind. That's simply what tongues is. Now, in his instruction in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul doesn't say that praying with the spirit is preferred to praying with the mind. He says, I will pray with my mind intelligibly and I will pray with my spirit. Both are important. I will sing with my mind songs that I can understand and I will sing with my spirit. The use of the gift of tongues is of personal prayer, primarily. But, but if and when it is used in public, in other words, in a group setting, again, Paul is there, it must always be interpreted. We must never speak what sounds like gibberish unless there is an interpretation. So the person who speaks publicly a gift of tongues must pray that she or he will also have the interpretation. What is the purpose of the gift of tongues? Twofold. One is, like the gift of prophecy, it, if it comes with interpretation, there's a word of encouragement. Sometimes it's a sign to an unbeliever. And I've been in meetings where person has spoken in a language and someone in the service has recognized that language. Okay, I can give you just a couple of instances. I've been in a meeting once when the person who was speaking began to speak in tongues on the, from the pulpit, which is unusual. And we saw a guy running from the back of the meeting to the front. Long story short, he was an Iranian who just come to the meeting as a skeptic and he heard this North American speaking in Persian, a Farsi, you know, praising God. And he asked him, where did you learn it? And he says, what, learn what? And I've been in meetings where I've seen a, a Brit speak in Gujarati. Now this is, doesn't happen every day, but I've seen this happen. And you, you can read testimonies of, you know, a Japanese Buddhist lady was married to a believer, a service, and she goes up for prayer and hears here somebody pray for her in temple Japanese, a very rare ancient language. So these things happen. Obviously, when a person hears that, they know it is supernatural and it leads them to faith. So th that's the gift of tongues and interpretation. Ninthly, finally, I'm going to just keep this short because it's so familiar, the gifts of healing. Gifts, notice it says gifts of healing, is a gracious gift of the Holy Spirit which enables a person to minister healing to people who are sick. Pastor, how is this different from miracles? Very simple. The gift of healing, healing is usually normally gradual. So you can pray for somebody who is sick. The gift of healing, the person may not immediately show any signs of recovery. But then when he goes home, she goes home, or the next day, and in some cases, especially if it is a chronic illness, if it's a terminal illness, cancer, over time, a person is miraculously healed. It's not instant, 
but it is genuinely where the maybe doctors have given up or the medicine cannot cure it healing takes place as a gradual process healing miracle is when somebody has a tumor you pray instantly the tumor disappears or somebody cannot hear you pray instantly the person is able to hear anyway let me wrap up this important teaching as the musicians come and we bring the service to a close uh, what is the purpose of the gifts let's see this in first corinthians chapter 14 verse 26 paul says when you meet together one will sing another will teach another will tell some special revelation god has given one will speak in tongues another will interpret what is said but everything that is done must strengthen all of you let me say god is interested in every person who claims to love him and know him participating in worship in some way or other worship is not meant to be a ritual worship is meant to be a dynamic experience where we encounter god personally and then god uses us to meet the needs of others thanks for listening to this message from ag kolkata we hope you would stay connected by following us online you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram by using at @agc kolkata we would love to know how this message has touched your life please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at stories@agkolkata.org at hope you have a great week ahead